Damien. Hi, Luke. We just watched The Goodness, which is a film released this year, a drama starring Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne, and it's based on a true story about an ICU nurse who suspects that her colleague is administering lethal doses of insulin to patients and murdering them. It's weird, I thought, that it was called The Good Nurse, and yet he was such a bad nurse. Well, she was the good nurse. Oh, right. That's why the last title said, she is still a good nurse. Well, they should have really called it the good and bad nurse. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, this film's just been released. It's come out on Netflix. We are going to be going into it as we always do with massive spoilers. We're going to be discussing anything we want to. So if you haven't seen the film, see the film and then come back and uh, listen to us. If you can, if you can stomach it. That's right. We will be discussing anything we want to. <laughs> <laughs> so this is based on the true crimes of Charles Cullen, who was a serial killer that weirdly I had never heard of because I love nurse serial killers. I feel like there might be quite a few of them around. That, around, so I feel like this may be the fortieth film that I've seen about nurses killing patients. So like what? What else have you seen? You know, they're a dime a dozen. What else have I seen? Uh, Luke, I can't. I'm not going to list them for you. I don't think there's any nurse killing movies out there, apart from this one. Well, maybe I'm just thinking of Dr. Death. Yeah, which was fantastic. I loved that show so much. It was very good. So anyway, Damien, uh, tell me your thoughts about The Good Nurse. Well, I um, didn't expect too much about it because, you know, I haven't heard too much about it. Hasn't received a whole lot of buzz. But had decent reviews, so I was hopeful. And to be honest, it was very good. And the performances, I mean, Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne are fantastic. So the performances were phenomenal. They were really good, weren't they? Yeah. And I really liked the way the film was made. It was very muted in colour. It was uh, a little bit grainy throughout. Really liked that they did, you know, a a level of kind of low-budget realism with those two. And I guess that's the way that Netflix makes a lot of their movies as well so it was in keeping with their style but yeah i thought it was really good really good okay well good good for you what did you think of it luke (laughs) thanks for asking uh yeah i really liked it it was it was a great yarn and uh just so our listeners know we needed we need to define yarn as we define it I'll let you do that. (laughs) Well, a yarn is just like a real down-home kind of story, told simply. Um, A down-home kind of story? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, (laughs) real people people. I would say that a yarn is um, like usually a movie which is very specific about an extreme situation, often a true story, definitely involves crime. And it's just one of those movies that's a little bit overwrought, a little bit ridiculous, if only because of the um, kind of like extreme nature of it. It's usually told very melodramatically. And this film wasn't necessarily terribly melodramatic, although it did have all of the yarn type characteristics that we we know a yarn to be, which is, and often as well, it focuses on a woman. <laughs> I like the way we're just creating this. It's so ridiculous. It's a new micro genre that we've come up with. Yeah. So a good example of a yarn is like Hillary Swank in Conviction, 
or um, what else? Kate Beckinsale in that political movie she did. Oh, what was that? Do you remember it? It's the one where she's a reporter and um, she finds out a piece of information and she won't give away her sources and her life is completely Nothing ruined. Nothing but the truth? The other thing that defines a yarn is institutions that are corrupt and are failing people. And the good nurse definitely goes into that. <laughs> that is another thing that defines a yarn. Well done, Luke. You picked that out of nowhere. Thank you. It's true, though, because this, this movie is, is, you know, it's about... I guess almost in a weird way peripherally it's about Charles Cullen who was a real real nurse serial killer who murdered all these patients for reasons which aren't really gone into in the movie and really don't make sense when you read you know his Wikipedia page but it's also a story about just one woman she's um, a single working mum she's working grueling hours she's got a heart condition but her health benefits at work won't kick in for a year Um, and even though she could drop at any moment she's forced to essentially see out the next four or five months of um, her, her job um, knowing that she's a massive candidate, like the risk to have a stroke is, is, is imminent and that she just has to kind of power through. So already before we even get into the hospital covering up Cullen's crimes, we're already seeing how America and the American health system is just generally failing people. Yes. Another thing about the yarn is that it is all about the people. So, you know, yes. there's, this, there's this huge thing that has huge repercussions, but the story that we're telling is about a peep person. I have to look up who, what that Kate Beckinsale you know, movie was. Even, even to an extent, Aaron Brockovich is a bit of a yarn. Aaron Brockovich is like a high-class yarn. Yeah. But this is, this is, as far as some of the yarns go, this is a high-class yarn as well. Yes, it is. I mean, it was surprisingly well-made, actually. It wasn't, it wasn't as ridiculous or stupid as it could have been. Do you know this director? He has done... Uh, he wrote... The Hunt, starring uh, Mads Mikkelsen, which I remember when that one came out, that got huge critical acclaim. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I have seen his film, um, what's his name, Tobias? Tobias Lindholm? Yeah, I've seen his film The Hijacking. That's the other one I was going to mention. That's like Captain Phillips on Prozac. Yeah, well, it's, what is it, like a, a more kind of honest version of captain phillips in terms of the stars that it uses how dare you captain phillips is wonderful (laughs) it is it is a great film yes i mean the hijacking is captain phillips without any of the you know joie de vivre he also did two episodes of the tv series mindhunter which was uh, i think i stopped watching before that yeah but a lot of people love that show Mm, they did Kate Beckinsale movie was called Nothing But The Truth. No wonder I couldn't remember it. It couldn't be more fucking generic. I, I just, Luke, I said that like three minutes ago. Oh, well then why did you let me go on a Google hunt? You I should have told no, me. We're in different rooms. I don't know what you're doing. You're I sitting said, there. I'm, I said, I'm going to find out what that Kate Beckinsale movie is where she's a reporter. Well, I heard that as much as you heard me say three minutes ago, it's called Nothing But The Truth. <laughs> anyway, you're up there. You're drinking gin. You don't know what's going on. That's true. I am. I can't deny it. Yeah, so I guess in recent years, I kind of look at Jessica Chastain and say, well, from what I loved about her beforehand, she's lost her way a little bit. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because you, you, what made you love her? Was it Zero Dark Thirty? Well, I think Zero Dark Thirty was the first part of it. And then she just kind of kept doing really good movies that, you know, even if they were not the best i still enjoyed them like what um 
like she was in Interstellar, she was in Mama, she was in Miss mm. uh, Sloan, which is like she's some cigarette executive. I loved Miss Sloan. Yeah, you, so she. That's did, another yarn. That's another yarn. Yeah, definitely. Um, so she did a lot of movies that I enjoyed, and then recently, I guess she's been coming out with movies that I haven't enjoyed, and she was also in the second, uh, the sequel to It. As one of the adults. Oh, yeah. She made no impression in that film at all. No, that was just a terrible, terrible movie. Oh, it was so bad. It was like, <laughs> it was it like rivaling Jurassic World Dominion as like a studio film that there was nothing to redeem it. You had to remind me, in fact, you reminded me yesterday or the day before that she'd won an Academy Award for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yes. And I haven't seen it, but that's how interested I was in that movie. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's fine. It's watchable. She um, basically um, is a martyr in that film. Like, it's the most um, audience-grabbing kind of performance. You know, one of those performances where love me, love me, love me. And there was nothing. In, there was nothing in it that was hard or challenging or complex. She was just trying to get the most popular audience favorite award, and then you know, of course, she did end up getting the Oscar for it. But the film itself was myopic. It was boring. Um, I, I really didn't like it. The only thing I liked about it was um, Andrew Garfield, but he's he's so likable. So I really loved to see Jessica Chastain in this, and I thought she was fantastic. Like, this is just a role that she... I don't know. It's just one of those things, like uh, watching Meryl Streep on screen, you just feel like this is a role that she came along and she did with five minutes worth of training and just made it look effortless. Yeah, I know. She's... um Even when she's not... She's one of those actresses, like, I guess, Meryl Streep or somebody, that even if they're not... <laughs> what? You mean the actress I just mentioned? Did you just say Meryl Streep? <laughs> How drunk are you? I, I'm pretty drunk. This is like my third gym. Um, she's one of those actresses that even when she's not like great or accurate, she's entertaining. And that's what I would say even about Tammy, like the eyes of Tammy Faye. You can watch that film and even though you're, you're kind of registering that this isn't a very intelligent performance, it's an entertaining one. Stop laughing at uh, me. Uh, you know what? Our next episode will be on the eyes of Tammy Faye by the sound of it And we'll just split this episode in half and Honestly I didn't even think that you that. were going to say yes to doing a podcast on this And that's why I overloaded my gin glass a little Like I just kind of, you know, <laughs> slipped Oh, it slipped yeah, yeah, an intentional slip <laughs> uh, Eddie Redmayne was fantastic as well mm -hmm. um, Like you turned to me at one point and said Jessica Chastain's been amazing and he has too but I feel like we haven't had enough time to get to know him and I agree I still think that's true you agree with yourself I'm quoting you Luke <laughs> I do I was dead right oh, can't wait for you to listen to this while you're editing it <laughs> I'm gonna dread it um, anyway no don't you think he was underused Oh, I'm not sure if I would say that he was underused, but I, I agree with you that we don't get to know him as well. And I think that might actually be part of the performance because I think he does some fantastic stuff. I mean, if we didn't know where the film was going, those early scenes, especially that early scene where he goes in and finds um, <coughs> Amy, I think that was her name. Mm. Only just, we don't just finish watching the movie uh, And he finds Amy who's got this heart issue Sitting on a mm. bed trying to compose herself 
if we didn't know where the film was going we would think that's some that's a point at which we get to know this person a little bit but of course since we do know where it's going you see a lot of what he does as a facade and i think it's just that therefore it becomes part of the performance that he does such a convincing job does such a good job does such a real job but you still feel like you don't know him because i think that anybody who's sane would always feel like they don't know somebody like that yeah well i mean he doesn't exhibit the normal normal behaviors of apathy that we associate with good mental health so immediately he becomes somebody who could be a killer because he actually is generous and cares a lot (laughs) i mean what else have you seen him in that you loved him in the first time i saw eddie redmayne was in like minds i loved 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 him in that movie i don't know why but he just i I really enjoyed that film it's a completely forgotten film now i mean if this film if this film was made in 2006 actually it could have been tony collette in the jessica jastain role (laughs) totally and she probably would have brought more vulnerability to it than Jessica Chastain does, I think. Oh, no, I thought she was very good at providing that while also, you know, doing something that was incredibly uncomfortable at the end. I mean, I really love Jessica Chastain, but like Anne Hathaway, she's the kind of actress who sometimes I feel like she's just showing off a bit. Oh, no, you are so, so way off base there. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a whole lot. To be honest, I've seen him in Les Mis. Which he was great in. That was like such a surprise that he could sing. And I've seen him in Trial of the Chicago 7. I don't know, you might have forced the other Berlin girl on me at some point. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> but yeah, I think that might be everything that I've seen him in. I know he's been in a lot of um, like British TV shows as well. Might have seen him in some of those. He is a performer who is not vain. And that's what I like about him. He has mm. a humility to him. He, There's something about him that feels very... Like he just wants to capture the truth and that's really his only concern. And I always like actors that have that kind of modesty and that rawness to their performances. He's just always been important. And I've never seen The Danish Girl, which is the movie that he won his Oscar for, ironically. I've just never seen it because it looked so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but... But, but I really like him, and I probably would love The Danish Girl if I sat down and watched it. So It says here that he actually won his Academy Award for The Theory of Everything, where he was Stephen Hawking. Ah, oh, he didn't win for The Danish Girl. Was he nominated? He was nominated for The Danish Girl. Oh, and I've never seen The Theory of Everything, because again, that looked so boring. <laughs> That's like where he gets struck with this awful disease. I just can't watch those disease movies, those lifetime The Theory of Everything of is where he plays... Stephen Hawking. Yeah, that's right. Who had a horrible disease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't. It's too depressing. It's too upsetting. And, you know, you just know you're going to sit there and cry and go through a box of tissues. And I'm so, you know, I'm such a big crier in movies. You know, I kind of before this movie, which is um, his first meaty role that I've seen him in, um, I always thought of him as a benedict cumberbatch (laughs) really yeah is he british luke i'd like to answer that question uh in the affirmative yes he is british he was born in westminster yeah he has a british vibe to him and he's exactly five months older than i am to the day the film is very much jessica chastain's film it's from her perspective it's definitely her looking in so we don't ever get to be with him there's a very few moments where we just get to be with him and and usually those moments are setting up 
the crimes that he's committing. His most obviously striking moment is when he's first interrogated by the police after he's pulled over, and he has this moment where he says, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, which was really, really amazing. Like, that was definitely, you 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 lose yourself in that moment. We didn't talk. We were speechless watching that scene in that film because he was so riveting. I think what I appreciated about this film was how simple it was. It was, it was sort of told in a very procedural way, mm. and I, I love those kinds of films. I always leave them wishing that they transcended that, and I've seen a couple of um, true crime, fictionalized true crime um, films and shows this year that I thought did transcend it. And one was called The Stranger, which has Joel Edgerton in it. It's about the um, Daniel Morecambe case. And I thought that was a lot better than this, a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. And another one I saw uh, was Des with David Tennant playing Des mm-hmm. Nielsen, the serial killer. And I thought that was stronger as well. Which was a TV show. Yes, a, a miniseries. I've seen a lot of good ones this year, and I would put that in that list. I think this was a, I mean, it was a tense, compelling, very, like, easy to watch film. Like, the two hours just go straight by. Um, it starts with you really get to know and love um, Amy, and then Amy finds this guy at work, and she's in a really low state in her life, and he comes along, and he's just so affable and available and ready to help her. And we want her to be helped. You know, we can see how desperate her situation is. And then to then find out, you know, halfway through the film, when she starts to suspect, I'm not, I'm slurring my words. Like, why would anyone even bother listening to me seriously? But anyway, <laughs> when she starts to suspect that this guy who she's met, who seems to be just this angel fallen from the stars, is actually murdering patients on her word patients she loves patients she's there to keep alive patients who she gets to know you know she gets to know their family she bends the silly rules yes you can stay past midnight yes you can have your baby here with you um it's just devastating and for a moment there i thought this was going to take a kind of notes on a scandal turn where he would actually start to blackmail her like say you can't tell them I'm a serial killer or I'll tell them that you have a heart condition and you'll get fired before your health insurance kicks in. And actually that probably might've been a more compelling story than the one that we got. But I think this film sticks pretty closely to the facts. I would assume the only times that it felt like it wasn't really doing that was it made the, um, the organization, the hospital organization, the leaders of the hospital just seem like the shadiest bastards ever. And yeah. some of those scenes were a little um, hammer blowed. Well, I mean, that was a theme in Dr. Death, the, the Netflix series or the Stan series as well, was that there's this inept doctor uh, in Dr. Death. There's this um, psychopathic doctor in The Good Nurse, I guess. And that they continue to get jobs. So one hospital after the next, after the next. And it's because the hospitals don't want to be liable for... They don't want to be culpable for these deaths that are occurring on their um, on their watch. And so what they do is they find a reason to fire the doctor. And in this case, it's that he wrote the wrong month by one month on his, um, on his resume when he applied for the job. And in fact, he worked at this hospital that he was saying he worked at. He actually worked there an extra month. So it's not like he worked there less time and, you know, didn't pass a probationary period or something like that. 
I was thinking about whichever hospital administrator was going to get grilled on the stand about, so you fired him because of the month. Yes. Mm. Yes. That was the reason. There was no other reason why you fired this guy. No, that was the reason. As you can see from legal procedure is that you need to tick a whole bunch of boxes before you can get a conviction against somebody. And so, you know, that probably is enough to uh, allow these administrators to just pass by unnoticed as it is to allow these doctors to pass by unnoticed these these nurses who commit these crimes because nobody wants to be the person taking the blame and they all just want to pass it on to the next person because what's ultimately more important for all of these administrators is that the hospital doesn't get a bad name and that patients continue to come in and have their procedures done there which is a very similar syndrome to what we saw with the catholic church for years where these pedophile priests would just go from church to church because nobody wanted to actually have to take any responsibility for what had happened yeah once the cat's out of the bag Mm. well the whole system comes falling down but i I still feel like the way the the administrators were presented in this film was perhaps a little over the top yeah of course it's a yarn it's a yarn (laughs) this is what we mean by yarn guys like they have like people going they have the administrators going it is our understanding that Da, da 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 at the time the patient expired and they use this very silly language where patient one you know there's nobody in the room that's real that's just you know really compelling or convincing it's like they know that they've got shit on the sides of their mouth and they're not um embarrassed about it in most cases when we are talking bullshit and we've all had to do that at one point or another we try to hide the fact that we have shit on the sides of our mouths and these these characters don't do that hence the yarn factor Yes, that's very true. Um, I said to you at one point, if this was released in the 90s, it would have made many millions of dollars. Yes, it would have been like going to see Julia Roberts in the Pelican Brief or... That's the film I was thinking about when I said it as well. Oh, really? I love that movie so much. I mean, it wasn't anywhere near as sensational as any of those 90s thrillers, but of course, if it had been made in the 90s, it would have been. Yeah, it was very sedate. And like you say, the colours were very washed out. It was very formalised kind of filmmaking. There was something almost nostalgic about how it had been shot and Mm. put together. Do you know what film it felt like to me was Breach? Oh my gosh, yes. Or Shattered Glass. Do you remember that film? Yeah, both by Billy Ray. Yeah, really good films. Mm. I mean, it's it's the kind of movie where the story is so good that you don't need to really do much else. Yeah. If you just tell the story in a straight kind of meat and potatoes way, that'll be enough to keep the, the viewer in their seat like it did for us. I yeah, mean, it was definitely a down-home meat and potatoes yarn. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, just invoking uh, one of Eddie Redmayne's uh, fellow UK um, celebrities, I feel like this... Um, podcast has been an example of that Ronan Keating song you say it best when you say nothing at all (laughs) are you saying that I haven't contributed in any meaningful way I'm saying that we've somehow got 25 minutes into this episode and I'm not not sure we've talked about the movie I'm not sure we've made a point yet (laughs) but that's okay it'll be a little bit different is there a point to make about this film though really there's there's really not I mean we could have come on here and talked about wombats for half an hour and it would have you know there we yeah. go. There's our review of the good news. <laughs> well, we've talked about the actors, what else they've done. I mean, we come to this film with a lot of history of these two actors. We really love them. We know a little bit of the director. Um, the film itself is pretty much, yep, that's what happened. This is it. Yeah. 
that's what I think is lacking from the film is any real any real analysis, any real insight into these crimes, why they happened, um, what it meant to the person who saw them. We basically see just Jessica Chastain go through hell and then her life gets better at the end because she does the right thing. But um, ultimately, I think what our listeners want to know, Luke, is um, our star rating. Well, I mean, I'm going to go three. Yeah, I knew you'd go three. Yeah. Look, I really enjoyed it, so I'm going to go four. I don't think that you've said enough to warrant your four-star rating. I know, but it's, you know, like Breach, it's the kind of film I will watch every four or five years. No, you won't. Yeah, no, I will. You'll never see this film again. You may think that, Luke, but I'll prove you wrong in uh, 2026. (laughs) Well, I'm really pleased that you saw another Jessica Chastain film that you really like and that you're returning to this this, um, once-loved but now-forgotten actress. (laughs) Well, I feel like... um, a lot of my favourite actresses have done that. Not Kate Blanchett. She can do no wrong. Scarlett Johansson. But Scarlett Johansson was very similar. Yeah. yeah. And Viola Davis can do no wrong either. You lost Scarlett Johansson to the Marvel Universe. I did, but she came back with Marriage Story. And you haven't yet seen Jojo Rabbit, which is a really good film as well. No, you're right. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Mm. And Kate Blanchett, who else do you like? Susan Sarandon. Viola Davis. Yeah. Susan Sarandon, yes. Um, Frances McDormand. Julianne Moore. Meryl Streep, of course. Oh, well, surely Frances McDormand has some new film coming out that she's going to win the Best Actress Oscar for this year. If I hope she shits in a tent again. She shits in? She shits in a tent. Remember Nomadland? Oh, yeah. There's the scene of her shitting. Yeah, that's what got her the award, I think. (laughs) I know you, and you were so upset because she beat uh, your favourite that year. Kerry Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Yes, that one. It was theft, pure and simple. Like the theft of life that occurs in The Good Nurse, which we just watched. (laughs) That's so dumb. (laughs) Just bringing it back, full circle. Yeah, lovely, beautiful. Life is a circle. Well, thank you, Luke, for watching that movie with me. No, it was good. I mean, I'm glad it worked out well. Mm, It did, and this has been a fun episode, and I cannot wait for our listeners to hear it. (laughs) I may never release it. It's too embarrassing. You'd better. You should have told me that you were planning, you wanted to record before I started drinking, because what am I going to, this is dumb. I shouldn't have even been here. You should have just talked to yourself. It should have been a monologue. Uh, No, this has been really good. Mm. Yeah. Comment, like, like, comment, subscribe if it's been really good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll catch you later. Okay, bye. Bye.